Sunrise Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI. You can join us at 617-779-7937. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at Rich Keefe Show. We mentioned you can uh, watch the program on Twitch. And if you miss any of this show, you can always uh, subscribe, download the Rich Keefe Show podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Is that is that the guy right there? Was no. I, I that, was that you? I thought I, I heard him. Wasn't, I don't know what that was. I thought I heard some breathing. I thought I heard some some heavy breathing on there. We will be joined by Nick Fitzy Stevens uh, coming up momentarily here for the final two hours of the program. But let's get back to the horn. Let's go to Ron up in New Hampshire on the Patriots. Ron, what do you got? Hey, Keith, what's going on? Not too much. Yeah, so here's my problem. I, I do agree that we need to pick a quarterback. But just say you had C.J. Stroud and you picked him last year and dropped him behind this offensive line what is that going to look like that is my concern with going up and getting you know one of the three studs up top so if you can't protect them do you want them to end up like mac jones i don't want them to end up like mac jones but i think when you're picking this high i would prioritize an absolute game changer like a quarterback or a wide out and then try to beef up your old line with the second round pick the third round pick free agency i'm with you i mean oh O-line is not not important, right? But I think at the same time, you don't want to miss out on what could be a franchise-changing skill player. And the other thing is, why even they franchise um, Wenu and, and try to like work out a contract? Because if he could play, I mean, they should be locking him up, you know, because maybe that, you know, maybe they Andrews would come back and say, hey, you know, we're going to go out. We're going to sign him back. We're going to, you know, go out and get a left tackle. Maybe then Andrews comes back, and now you have the makings of a solid offensive line. Yeah, I agree, Ron. On Wenu, to me, is far and away the most important of their own free agents. If we were doing the old Tier Tuesday on Patriots free agents, I think I'd have Onwenu. Then I'd have, like, two open gaps, and then probably, like, Duggar and a few other guys. I think he is he is... Probably he's their best guy that is a free agent, but also of such a position of of need. He's he's been a good guard. He's been a good tackle, and I think if you have Andrews, City, So on Wenu, all of a sudden there's three fifths of your line. I guess you still have Cole Strange, so you're trying you're trying to make that first round pick happen. So there's four fifths of your line, and I know left tackle is probably the most important one, but you got to figure out a way to uh, get yourself a left tackle. Maybe that's in the second round. Maybe that's a pick 34 overall, and you get yourself a, a starting caliber left tackle, and you, and you go from there. Uh, let's go to uh, Bob in Nantucket. What's going on, Bob? Hey, Keith. How's it going? It's going um, good. Just wanted to bring bring a little Keith Spiracy to you. Love it. Uh, first time, long time. Right. Love hashtag dork. Thank you. Um, I don't know if Fitzy's. I don't know if Fitzy's here, but it's no not. disrespect to Ken. I'd love to turn the station over to him. Um, so <laughs> okay. Belichick uh, Mayo press conference. I'm going to read exactly from the transcript. Okay. From, um, oh, you're prepared. This Mr. is great. Kraft. All right. Oh, I've got it all written out. I've got I've got the the sheet with the the ribbon pointing to different pictures. Excellent. We're we're good to go. All right. 
Mr. Kraft, the only area that we have really weighed in in relation to the draft is when it comes to bringing in people that we might think are not the right character to be here. And they have done things in the past. That's the really only time we've weighed in verbatim. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So was Belichick handcuffed in the draft? I mean, maybe did Debo Samuels do something that we didn't know about in, in his past? Does it go all the way back to Des Bryant? And well, Belichick I mean, Bob, real, road, real quick, going, Bob, know. he was allowed to take Aaron Hernandez, not to relive that whole thing again, but he was well, allowed to take him. So I, I kind of question Robert Kraft's comment there, and I did at the time because Antonio Brown forced his way off of two teams, threatened to fight the GM True. in Oakland, and then the next thing you know, the Patriots True. signed him, and there was all those things going on with him, and Robert gave it the okay. So that was sort of a weird interjection at the time, so I don't even know how true it is. Truth. I mean, I'll just finish with my last point. Yep. It was going to be, did Belichick take the high road by not going full tuna and saying, I can't cook if I don't have the ingredients? I'll <laughs> let you finish on that. All right, Great thanks. Stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it, Bob. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I'm i sure Bill had more to say. I'm sure Robert also had more to say. I'm sure the two of them came to some sort of agreement. And now, too, that Bill likely isn't going to be coaching next year, and we all believe he probably has 20, 25, maybe more million dollars uh, waiting for him. I think he's going to get all that money. I don't think Robert Kraft has an out there, but maybe part of that agreement was, hey, don't you know completely bury us on your way out the door. I think that's that's a possibility. When he was going Belichick Kraft from that press conference, I thought he was going with this one. This was one of my favorite quotes, too. It'll be difficult to see him in a cutoff hoodie on the sideline, but I will always continue wish him continued success except when he's playing our beloved Patriots. That was I mean, like man, he's got a job lined up. He's you gonna think, be he's been coaching this year. You think even the crafts were like, wow. I think they're I think they're shocked that he's not didn't coaching. think this would happen. Yeah. Cause he even gave that line like, hey, I'll be rooting for him and like was trying to take the high road and this whole thing and then in assuming he had a gig lined up. And the way Bill was kind of talking about the future, I thought Bill had a, a, a gig lined up. And so are you more on the side of no teams wanted Bill or uh, Bill, you know, the terms just weren't great for Bill. And Bill was like, eh, no, nah, I'm not. That's not for me. Yeah, I think no teams wanted Bill. <laughs> no, I really, I, no, I, I know. I, I'm kind of surprised. I go back to the teams that didn't have a coach and fired their coach at the end of the year or in season. What didn't make sense? It would have been stupid for any of those teams to bring in Bill. But at the same time, I think it's also stupid for two or three of the teams to stick by their coach. Like, you could you could move on from Mike McCarthy right now. You could move on from Sean McDermott right now and bring in Bill Belichick. Robert Sala. So, like, those are, like, Jets, Bills, Cowboys. Why are you – Bill Belichick is available. You can bring him in. But, like, Falcons, even though that was the one interview that he got, Panthers – Commanders, some of these trash Raiders, like that didn't make sense. That just would have been, it would have been bizarre. You set your franchise back. You have the big headline. You have the big press conference, and then it's like, why do we have Bill here for two years? And what's he going to do? He's going to bring in all of his uh, all of his cronies again to coach with him. Oh, speaking of, do you see the big uh, poster that they put out? A poster, big thing they tweeted out from the University of Washington. Steve, I did. Steve Belichick, officially a Husky, the defensive coordinator. We uh, retweeted at Rich Keefe Show. If you haven't seen it, it's a big uh, little hype thing. I started following uh, Bill's daughter, Steve's sister, on Twitter. And uh, how's that going for you? <laughs> 
it's an interesting follow. I, I'm keeping up on the Belichick. She's a coach too, right? I believe so. Yeah, she coaches yep. something. So yeah, there's that. But yeah, Steve out in uh, in Washington, which will be interesting to see how he does, because people either give him zero credit for anything, or you know, we had the caller last week who was just beside himself that he's not here as the defensive coordinator. But yeah, Steve's in a weird spot because if the Patriots defense does well this year, you'll be like, all right, well, it was just Mayo. All he needed was Mayo. If it does poorly, most people are going to just say, well, Bill's gone. So like Steve's kind of caught in the middle. He's kind yeah, of in no oh, man's absolutely. land. It's like, all right, well, what is it? However, if the Washington defense is really good, all right, then maybe, maybe you got something there. But yeah, that was a strange one as uh, Steve goes to college, Bill O'Brien. So the de facto coordinators from last year's team, you know, they had two on defense, right? Gerard Mayo gets promoted to head coach. Then Steve Belichick and Bill O'Brien both go off to college. And then you're just promoting guys on defense and then offense. I am still just so underwhelmed each day that goes by thinking Alex Van Pelt and now Ben McAdoo. These, these are the two guys that they, they backed into. There's no way that Alex Van Pelt was the guy that they wanted or the guy that they targeted or the guy that they thought at the beginning of this process was actually going to be their offensive coordinator. And I feel like if this was a team that had an established quarterback, it might not be as big of a deal. You might say, all right, well, you got, you know, Kirk Cousins or you have whatever. You have like a middle-of-the-road quarterback, maybe a slightly above-average quarterback. That's your guy. You're committed to that guy. And in comes a, a veteran coach, and let's just make the most of it. But, like, in all likelihood, you're going to have the number three pick in the draft, and he is going to have to be – uh, developed by Van Pelt and McAdoo. Ugh. Fitzy just joined the party. Oh, he did? Yeah, he did. How do you like that? If you'd like to let him on. Oh, yeah, get him in. Get him in here. Get him going. He's Fitz- here. He's ramped up. He's ready to go. You feeling good about this uh, This Ben McAdoo <laughs> oh, coming in to be the old uh, assistant advisor or whatever the hell it is? Are you kidding me? You're loving it. I can't yeah. wait until... The equivalent of Geno Smith replaces Mac Jones two-thirds of the way through this particular season with a powerless Ben McAdoo on the sidelines. I admire our organi- our favorite football team's organization's mm-hmm. ability, their love of everyone who has flamed out and failed the New York football giants over the past decade and a half. Bring them aboard. It's almost as if they're still so mad and so disappointed so jealous as to what the Giants were able to pull off, not once but twice, yesterday having been the uh, whatever anniversary of the Giants' second garbage Super Bowl against the Patriots, uh, that they've just decided, you know what? Obviously something was working for them against us. <laughs> Let's just bring in everybody that's been associated with them since, and then that way yeah, we can be more like them. Do you think they'll take a run at Pat Shermer? Oh, oh, absolutely. I think he'd be the obvious next one. Hakeem Nix, wide receiver. Hakeem Nix, I would take see if, him. See if we can get him out of retirement. Yeah, they went cough. So after Coughlin's run, it was Ben McAdoo for mm-hmm. almost two seasons. He was told to stop coaching in the second one. Oh, then, he almost made it for two full seasons? Yeah, nobody didn't. It was almost uh, two. Nope. And then Shermer had two. Then Joe mm-hmm. Judge had two. Mm-hmm. And now Brian Dayball just finished his second. But it looks like he might break that streak as he's, uh, as of this moment, invited back for his third season. It can only hope that he flames out, and then he and Daniel Jones make their way to the Patriots, confirmed 2025. Oh new offensive coordinator after Alex Van Pelt's lone season. I, I ask you honestly, like, yeah. 
And I see, uh, you know, here at at, U, at UW underscore football, all this like Steve, like the Steve Belichick. Us, He's uh, here. Vi- yep. Like they even have a Vinny Sunseri post. Welcome to the two oh six at the Sunseri forty. Like yeah. Washington is pumped for our the replacement for Ivan Fears. Yep. Well, the, the Patriots put out a nice graphic with their coordinators, and it was well received. People like that. They did. It was what was nice about it was. You got the player card that had all three players, basically yep. like if you had a platoon at first base slash DH. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't bother letting anyone know any other way, so we were all caught completely off guard. Yep. And then they released the player cards there afterward. Covington received pretty pretty round, sound response. Yeah. Um, Springer, everyone was like, okay. <laughs> like, all right, fine. Cool. Yeah, I, you yeah. obviously were hired because you look like Slightly less attractive Sean McVay. Sure. Yep. And, yep, okay, you can't be worse than it was. And then and then he was like, wait a second, what if I told you I was actually on a team with worse special teams than the Patriots <laughs> last year? Ta-da. And then in comes Alex Van Pelt, who everyone can't say enough words about, but no, like enough good words about, but no one has been able to tell me, aside from just like being a good dude and not overtly sucking, what it is that he's going to do offensively he may be fine in terms of developing the confidence of a quarterback and teaching them the x's and the o's and the generalities of like a professional playbook but what is about what it is about the alex van pelt like style of attack what is it about like, i don't know and alex it almost, van Pelt's offense is going to pick apart a modern defense i don't think anything and i think what happened in my estimation was all the guys that they interviewed at first had sort of a type they were all young guys hadn't been coordinators yet uh, either McVeigh or Shanahan, and then you had, you know the one from the Lions, and so you had those. That was sort of the type. I wonder if they were like, "Hey, we're going to get one of these guys to run the offense, and then we're going to get a veteran guy to sort of either be the QB coach or the mentor." And so maybe down the road, they were thinking Alex Van Pelt could come in here and and help the new guy. But then it was like, "Oh, we don't got the young gun. Let's just hire Van Pelt then for that job." which was never the plan, which was never what they set out to do. What if I told you that uh, w- without being able to fully substantiate it but having heard it through a, heard it through a someone All right. that Van Pelt may be here mostly because he's the one who said yes? Yeah, it's Craig Breslow all over again. <laughs> It's real, nobody like, wanted these jobs, no, and then no one like, wanted them. Rich, you would no one think wants this job. Red Sox GM or whatever they're calling it now, and Patriots offensive coordinator. Those are pretty sweet jobs in that profession, and yet nobody wants either gig because everybody is afraid. Here's what it is: everybody is afraid of. I hate to say it, but I think everyone is afraid of organizational overreach. Mm-hmm. I think if you take the job with the Red Sox, your primary fear is going to be. John Henry immediately puts a financial chastity belt or restrictor plates on you and says, uh-uh-uh, mm-hmm. nope, you got to hold on to these guys and you can't spend this much. Mm-hmm. And then if you're with the Patriots, it's, okay, yeah, but you're going to have to talk to Jonathan and yep. Elliot and maybe Robert. And, like, it's not – you don't have any auto- – like, I think people believe there is a fear of operating with the kind of autonomy that they're going to restrict because they gave Bill so much and now they're just reining it all back in. So people are going to have to, like – Operate basically in like safety mode or like, yeah, this yeah. only goes to third gear. There's no fifth gear on this. Uh, well, you guys can uh, weigh in on this whole coaching thing as uh, Ben McAdoo added to the staff. So Ben McAdoo, mm. Alex Van Pelt, the most recent hires. Also, all signs certainly pointing to Elliot Wolf running the show. Uh, you can join us again, 617-779-7937. It is a tier Tuesday. So let's tier the best players playing on Sunday. 
Let's rip through the best players in the Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. We will tier those coming up. It's uh, the Rich Keefe Show. Fitzy in for the rest of the program. And right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. All right, let's get you caught up with some quick headlines. The Bruins finally back on the ice tonight, kicking off the unofficial second half of the season. They're hosting the Calgary Flames from the Garden. Puck dropped at 7 p.m. Right now, 12 minutes left in the second period. Calgary up 2-0. Tonight's game kicks off a seven-game, two-week homestand, one of the team's longest in recent memory. Bruins are tied with Vancouver for the best record in the league. Celtics back on the court tomorrow night when they'll host the Atlanta Hawks at the Garden. Tip-off at 7.30. With the NBA trade deadline only two days away, reports have surfaced saying Boston, quote, has been active and are looking to bolster their bench heading into the playoffs. And some other news, Jalen Brown will participate in the NBA uh, Slam Dunk Contest. He will be the first NBA All-Star to participate since 2017 and the fifth Celtic in franchise history to participate. Those other names were Gerald Green, Ricky Davis, Greg Miner, and D. Brown. And some Patriots news. Former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo will be joining the Patriots as a senior offensive assistant. McAdoo last worked in the NFL as offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. He also spent seven seasons with the Packers, where he was on the staff with Alex Van Pelt. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keith Show, including Tear Tuesday, coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on W-E-E-I. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, W-E-E-I, Fitzy in the house. You can join us, 617-779-7937. It is Super Bowl week. Opening night last night, you got all the uh, the big Q&A from uh, all the reporters in the world gathered around, Chiefs and uh, 49ers. Fitzy, it is also a Tier Tuesday. Now, normally you are a Monday-Wednesday. Today you are a uh, Tuesday-Wednesday. You'll be back tomorrow, correct? Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, you wouldn't miss it. I would I, no. Wednesday night. I mean, can I get a ruling? I've just been stacking and racking rulings up for days, That's a good point. and especially in advance That's a good point. of... One of these social affairs of the year, of mm-hmm. the calendar for everyone's Super Bowl parties where there could be awkwardness galore. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, there's going to be, we have a lot to get to. That might be two segments tomorrow. I could be, we could have a, we could have a double ruler tomorrow. Yep, I could. Let's go with uh, tiering the, the best players playing on Sunday. So we're not going to. Love it. We're not going to do all, all 106 guys between the two teams, but we'll first come up with the tiers, and then we'll go with roughly like the top 20 players playing in the game and kind of tier them throughout. And if we have more time for more, we can do more. But You know what's interesting in looking at this in advance yeah. of the, the tiering, if you will, That's right. it's almost sort of like one team may have more of whatever we ultimately decide uh, to call the top tier, if yes. you will. Yep. The elite tier, the goat tier. Uh, mm-hmm. And yet one, the other team may have more players that make the top 20. Yes, that's true. So we could have a quality over quant- quality and quantity issue going on here between these two teams. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like there's there's no, just like there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's, there's no wrong way to go about Tier Tuesday. You can come up with the tiers first. You can come up with the, with the uh, who's going and what tier first. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the names of said tiers. I wonder if we, as an homage to the great uh, late John Madden, what if we 
to the tiers, all Madden, all pro, pro, and rookie. Boom, four tiers right there. That is absolutely spectacular. <laughs> That's kind of and the then way the, to go, the, yeah. the bottom tier should just be, boom, tough acting, ten acting. Oh, yeah, but t- tough acting, ten acting. I like that. So there you go. There are going to be our uh, our tiers. So you got uh, all Madden, all pro, pro, rookie, tough acting, ten acting. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Tough acting. Let me write this down. Acting. <laughs> tough acting. I mean, of all boom! the John Madden commercials, boom. See, he's, he's tough acting, ten acting. By the way, John Madden, may he rest in peace, yes. legend that he is. Yes. Uh, may he rest in pigskin, dare I say. The P should probably be for, all right. That's for, true. Rest in, John rest in pigskins. Right. Um, or in his case, it probably should be rest in pigs in a blanket because John Madden authored the definitive tailgate cookbook. It is spectacular. It's out of circulation. Yeah, it's a it's a hardcover only. You can find it. You probably on eBay mm-hmm. uh, and other places. I'm not sure if your local li- uh, bibliotheque has a copy of it, but All it's right. just I, everything I have ever cooked from it. It is just like it's a, amazing. It's oh. not a TikTok, you know, mash up, you know, roll this, deep fry that, sprinkle no. this, doodle that. Like it's just a fundamentals of food for football. And the guy awesome. just just rode a bus. He was afraid of flying. Just rode a bus all around. Like Old school. That bus smelled like. Turduckins. <laughs> just, I'll tell you what it didn't smell like was foot fungus because he nope. knew how to put the he knew how to nip that in the butt. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> boom, boom. Didn't have any athlete's foot on that bus. All right, so it's all Madden, all yep. pro, rookie. No, no, no. All yeah, all Madden, all pro, pro. Those are two pro, different ones. All pro you, and pro, you. rookie, Got and it. then uh, boom, tough acting, ten acting. Oh, it's gonna be. This is fun already. This all is right. good. So right. my question right off the rip is. Is Patrick Mahomes alone in all Madden, or do you put other people in the tier with him? I got three. All right, I'm all ears. I got three total. All right. Patrick Mahomes, Yep. who almost does deserve his own category. Yeah. But we can't. We can't just because it's undeniable. If we're having conversations about is Travis Kelsey the greatest tight end of all time, we all know he's not, but is he in the top three, top four, then that means he's all Madden. Like he's got a he's a ninety nine er. He's a, he's in the ninety nine club. That is true. Because then at that point it would almost be unfair. If he was an all pro, he would be so much better than all the other all pros. So way, I got you. All way. right. So Mahomes, Kelsey, and then you own uh, Christian McCaffrey. Got to be CMC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is I mean, a ser- that's a serious. That's a you don't score a touchdown in every game for like half half a decade. Do you and, see what his anytime touchdown prop is at right now, odds wise? It's got to be like neg- It's got to be minus one sixty. It's minus 210. Yeah, but stop it. Shut the front door and take your <laughs> coat with you. There's no value in betting on him to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Unless you parlay it with several right. other propositionals. Well, I was making fun of some guy. Uh, we had like ESPN on in the studio the other night, or it was last week, and I was looking at it, and I said to Stiz, like, the guy's best bet for the Super Bowl was an anytime touchdown for McCaffrey. I'm like, who's possibly betting minus 210s as your best bet? But anyway, here we are. So everybody else's is more like in the realm. But even like Kelsey, who's probably going to get everything's probably going to be over on Kelsey just because of the whole swift angle and everything. But even his was like minus one ten or minus one twenty. So yeah, no, McCaffrey definitely deserves to uh, be on that top tier. He's been insanely fun to watch. Yeah, uh, all pro. I mean, big old Trent Williams, right? Are you kidding me? The best left tackle in football currently, the yeah. biggest difference maker potentially on either line. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. All right, I like that one. Uh, trying to think who else. Oh, you know what? And I know we don't have to go in order, but just the way my mind works right now, Chris Jones has been insanely 
disruptive to uh, mm-hmm. to other opponents, and he's been like a, a wrecking machine. He's been sort of doing sort of like an Aaron Donald impression. So I would have to say Chris Jones, same tier. He might even make a case for all Madden, but I'll put him on all on all all pro. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what category he's in. He's in the GGP category. Gonna get paid because yeah, that guy yeah. could not have had a better season uh-uh. to follow a Super Bowl winning season when it's his walk and talk about money season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he has been. And you know what's nice too? He like he he can get after the quarterback, but he holds the point of attack for somebody who's not just like you know Ted Washington sized. He's right, not Hainsworth right. sized, but he holds the point of attack. So damn well. He's unbelievable. He had double-digit sacks this year, plus mm-hmm. he just takes up so much space. And he's a, you know what, you're going to hear his name called on Sunday. I mean, one of those, he's one of those kind of guys. All right, so I have to ask you, yep. if, if we know Trent Williams, done, Chris Jones, done, mm-hmm. make the All-Pro, mm-hmm. how do we feel about Nicholas Bosa in the All-Pro? I'd put him there as well. I like Bosa. Bosa was my preseason pick for Defensive Player of the Year. Now, he didn't have that level of uh, season, but he's still fantastic. I think he had, what, like the most QB hits or whatever, or at least mm-hmm. since he's come in the league, he's had the most QB hits. But even this year, he kind of added to it. He's been he's been a beast. So, yeah, he deserves to be on there. Um, all right, here, here's one. Where would you put mm-hmm. Brock Purdy? I'm not a huge fan, but the, the numbers are pretty impressive. I mean... I guess you have to put him in pro because of the because the numbers were so great this season. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like it's almost like he saw us putting him in rookie and then found a way to kick it into gear and squeak into pro. Yeah, I, yeah. Let's put him in pro. So if we're doing we're doing uh, a five tier system, I mm-hmm. think putting him in the middle is probably fair. He's played. He's played. I know. I mean, he's, he, he wins all the time. <laughs> Somebody had maybe the tweet of the week so far. Now, I know it's only Tuesday, so we got time to top the tweet. But it was sort of a double. Both tweets were good. So one guy wrote, like, holy bleep, been trying to figure out who Brock Purdy looks like for the last two years. And he goes, do you want to take a guess at who he thinks Brock Purdy looks like? And he has side-by-side photos of it. Who? Lee Harvey Oswald. (laughs) It's stunning. So Josh... Chavis or whatever his name is on Twitter. So credit to him. He had that tweet. And it's amazing. And it's he has two pictures of Purdy, two pictures of Lee Harvey Oswald, and they look re- like this, right? Spot on, dude. Spot on. Spot on. Especially the second one. I'll, I'll retweet this from Rich Keefe Show here in a second. So if you don't have okay. to bother yeah, like please. diving in for that guy. But the other one, so then uh, another guy jumps on uh, George Cush. He jumps on and says... Just a couple of guys who couldn't possibly have done it alone. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> like, that was nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Absolute. Like, stand back and just watch that That's one it. leave the park. That's it. And it's funny because I saw somebody reposted that when he, it had, like, uh, oh my God. 30. It was, like, 3,000 views, like, earlier in the day. It's up to 5 million now. Deserves all of them. Yeah, that one Hey, is- did you see that little video, by the way, speaking of Brock Purdy? Did you see that little video that DraftKings put out? Um just a little like uh, IG nugget that somebody in the office sort of came across, put together. It was basically clips of Taylor Swift talking about how much the number 13 means to her. Like, this is my 13th Grammy. My 13th album is coming out. And then there's old vintage clips of her talking about 
why she loves the number 13. So it's 30 seconds of, of yes, I of did Tay-Tay. see that. And then all of a sudden it's slow-mo footage of Brock Purdy coming out of the tunnel with like the Death Star siren playing and the spotlight goes right onto the back of his jersey. 13. Yeah. Like, I, all of a sudden that was the first moment. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm such a loser. I that know. was the first moment I was like, let's kick this game off. Let's go Brock Purdy. That was insane. Yeah, no, that was a really good video. That was a good you, breakdown. You cute little gunslinging, fleet-footed assassin. Also, not to go you know, turn this into a complete Keith Spiracy uh We got time. We got time. I ripped through the entire Who Killed JFK podcast that uh, Rob Reiner did. Did you listen to that? Oh, I heard that is outstanding. It's so much information. It's so many names, but they do a good job of, like walking you through it. Zero chance that it was Lee Harvey Oswald, by the way. That is my end conclusion. Zero chance. So before, I'd watched a bunch of documentaries, and my thought was he did it, but he was, like, set up to do it, and he was told mm-hmm. to do it. Now I don't even think he pulled the trigger. Like, now I don't even – like, he was clearly there, but it was this long con. It's unbelievable, but it's so well-researched, and it makes a ton of sense. Like, I don't think it was him at Wait all. Wait a second. You think that some criminal that broke into the prison where he was doing a poorly guarded perp walk several days later – and it killed him on live television, just did that by accident because he was a vengeful American citizen who was upset about JFK's assassination? Yes, everybody knows that Jack Ruby just didn't want Jackie Onassis to have to go through the trial, so he was just being a good Samaritan. No, but what's crazy is, like, those two guys knew each other. Like, I didn't know Jack Ruby and Lee Harvey Oswald knew each other. They did? Yes. What, they shop at the same... They were uh, best bonds? Yes. They were tag team partners in backyard <laughs> wrestling. No, it was... Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. And like how, like who was involved in the whole thing? But yeah, obviously, I mean, it stunk to high heaven at the time. But then, like as you you go on, man, it was it was like ten parts, but it was a quick, easy listen. Every episode's like forty minutes. It's the one with Carl Reiner, who's like obsessed with this stuff. That's or no, Rob Reiner, like, Rob Reiner. Yeah, I was, I was like, Carl, Carl, no, Reiner. not Carl, not Carl. Carl, <laughs> Carl Reiner's podcast is that's AI. That's a deep another, pick. Don't listen to that. Another reason to listen. It's to It's the it. two thousand year old man and yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald. It's a ghost doing a story about JFK. But yeah, so right now in our uh, tier Tuesday, we're doing the best players that are playing on Sunday. We have five tiers: all Madden, all Pro, Pro Rookie, and Boom Tough Acting Tenactin. Right now in the all Madden tier, Mahomes, Kelsey, Christian McCaffrey. The all Pro tier. Trent Williams, Chris Jones, Nick Bosa, and currently alone in the pro tier is Brock Purdy. Uh, another guy I'll throw out there for you. What are, where do you put George Kittle? He, man, the guy is all pro one week and then pro the next. Like he yep. trends. Don't you think he trends more all pro than pro? Yes. I mean, yes. Yeah. But then, like you said, you're like all of a sudden, just when you're convinced you're going to get the all pro performance, you're like, oh, where was he? Where was he this week? But he's definitely capable of it. And there are flat, there's like Gronk flashes, right? So as much as Kelsey is getting the comparisons, like their games don't really overlap. Whereas like Kittle's game, like Kittle highlights most resemble Gronk highlights. Right. I feel like into, I feel like a an Antonio Gates with a with greater career longevity is Travis Kelsey, whereas. George Kittle is more Gronk adjacent, if you will. Right. But then all of a sudden, then Kittle will get hurt, or Kittle will just be kind of like uh, not in the mix. But no, I mean, it wouldn't shock anybody if he had a monster Super Bowl. Uh, I could almost give you four in a row, and okay. this, is where, this is where I was trending towards the volume, the quantity over quality in terms of the 49ers roster. Spoiler alert. Okay. I, I dare say this little run here, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, Fred Warner, all belong in All-Pro. I think you're right. 
Yeah, Ayuk uh, really had a, a good season, kind of a quiet season because there was so much attention about Brock Purdy and you know whatever his MVP candidacy was, and then there was talk about uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, Debo, and then McCaffrey scored a touchdown every single week, and people are following that. And they're like, oh, by the way, look at look what Brandon Ayuk has done all year long. So yeah, I'm with you. I think all those guys deserve to be an All Pro, and that's why, even though Mahomes has this ridiculous record as an underdog, and it's just insane to bet against Mahomes. You can see why, as of this moment, the Niners are still slight favorites because you put, you go through an exercise like this and you're like, uh, we've named three total Chiefs so far and like 10 Niners. That's that's the thing. It just yeah. happens to be that they're all on offense and they're, well, no, there are still some more defenders to come for the Niners. but No, there are. And then uh, what about Fred Warner? I'd put him in there all pro as well. I Dude, would too. The, but so when Pete... When people oh, you said Warner. Name, you said Warner. Sorry. Yeah, when you people it, mention his name, sorry. a lot of times it is followed by, you know, the best linebacker in football. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, sorry, you, you mentioned him. I was yeah. the, uh, who was the other one I was thinking of? Uh, who's the other linebacker? That, uh, Dre Greenlaw. How high would you put Dre Greenlaw? Pro. Okay. He has some He has some good moments, but you're right. I, I think you got to separate him from the other guys. But he's a top 20 player playing this, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Now, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, the name that you were going to go with for your daughter, your second daughter, was she a son? Yep. Legarius Sneed. Legarius was a close runner-up. I offered it up for the middle name. Wife turned it down. I was like, what about Georgina Legarius Keith? She's like, mm, I don't know about I that. that name. I can't hate on him. The dude is so good. He's really good. And he was, he was like a middle-round pick somewhere, right? Like, he was not a high pick. Uh-uh. So Legarius, no, Duffy was definitely taken higher than he was. Yeah, I like McDuffie better though. Oh, really? I do like McDuffie a little bit better. Would you put them both in pro, or would you argue for one of those guys and all? Because again, like if you're taking everybody, everybody playing in the game, they would be higher. But if we're only doing like the top twenty guys, somebody needs to be in pro rookie and top acting to acting. Like I wonder if, like to me, Debo Samuel and Ayuk is still a pretty good advantage over McDuffie and Sneed. Mm-hmm. So I would probably go McDuffie and Sneed and pro. I might go. I might go Sneed all pro. Okay. and McDuffie pro. All right, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's give the Chiefs somebody up there. So I'll give that's, you a Sneed. That's the end of your all pros right there. You think so? Okay, I'll see your Sneed and raise you a McDuffie. Uh huh. I like that. I like that talk quite a bit. Uh, let's see. Isaiah Pacheco. Bingo. I like Isaiah Pacheco. The guy runs like a maniac, and uh, he hates gra- hates gravity shoes. Yep. Rules scores touchdowns though the guy scores touchdowns. I'm right now my early my early lean mm-hmm. would be a parlay Chiefs money line Isaiah Pacheco touchdown. Now why don't you just just for the hell of it why don't you throw a CMC touchdown in there as well? Uh, it's not going to bring your odds down. It's not going to bring the uh, the number down. Is it going to really fire it way up? Like I don't know. And then you're sitting there. What if you get the first two? Or what if you get the first? You get the Pacheco touchdown. And then you're watching the game unfold. And you're like, "Where's the CMC touchdown? Where's the?" C-? And then if you lose on that, that's my oh. problem. See, Fitz here, that's not good advice. I've been trying nope, to do right. two leg parlays, and I always do the third leg, and I always lose the third leg, <laughs> which Frank Gore knows nothing about. <laughs> he didn't lose any third leg. So, all right, do we? Who should we throw it? So wait, what is that? That is three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, four. We're already up to fourteen guys, and um, there's like. Not many. Oh, so where are we putting Pacheco? Uh, Pacheco is in pro. Okay. Uh, where would you put Charvarius Ward? 
That's a pro bowl corner. Right also there. good. Yeah, I would, I would put him in uh, pro. If he's in, if McDuffie's in pro, I'd go Ward in pro as okay. well. Yeah. Um, Eric Armstead. Ooh, he's good. He he's is. Play, I think good. he had a better season than Hargrave too. Uh huh. But I would probably put him if we're talking top twenty guys. I would probably put him in in rookie. Yeah. Right, like he, because I think compared to Chris Jones or like Nick Bosa, on like I, I would say he's got he's a couple tiers below those guys. Uh, uh, best I think the best lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs because uh, I'm not we don't know the game time status of uh, Tooney. Joe Tooney. Yeah. So Creed Humphrey, big Creed, I'd put him in pro. You like that? Boy howdy, Boy, howdy. Creed Humph, I'd put him in there. <laughs> C Humph, that's C Humph, that's my guy. Uh, is Kyle Yuschick the fullback, the useful fullback, and his wife's getting a ton of attention because she designs those crazy right. uh, jackets for she like just got licensed Swift. by the by the NFL yeah. too. That means she's making way less than she used to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roger Dodgers getting a piece of that oh, actually. Sure is. I, you know what? The fact that a fullback can make the rookie category, yeah, uh, is impressive. Yep, he he is impressive. And then what about Rasheed Rice? The we'll let's wrap up with him. Rasheed Rice. The uh, rookie wide receiver from the Chiefs. Um, I got Rasheed Rice in rookie, and in tough act in Tanactin, I got two for you. Kadarius Tony and Marquez <laughs> Valdez-Scantling. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that sounds about right. So Marquez Valdez-Scantling, good segue, was a part of our Palooza yesterday over under one and a half receptions in the Super Bowl. We will uh, continue. We will have uh, prop bets six through ten for uh, our upcoming uh, Propapalooza on the Rich Keefe Show. We'll do that next, so go nowhere. It's W-E-E-I. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston W-E-E-I and check out W-E-E-I on YouTube for our video-on-demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on W-E-E-I. All right, back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy W-E-E-I. It's time now for our Propapalooza. Each night on the program, we will give you five prop bets for the Super Bowl at the end of the week. Uh, you guessed it, 25 different bets. You can play along at home. You can go with us, go against us. It's, uh, at that point, it's up to you. Yesterday, we had uh, mostly game props. We also had the national anthem, Reba McIntyre, over under. How long is it going to take her to belt out the anthem? Tonight, we have uh, five more. Let's start with this one. Now, a couple of these will have ranging odds depending on what you choose. I would recommend for this one, we do not use Christian McCaffrey because it's not really fair. You have to go with anybody Mm -hmm. other than Christian McCaffrey for an anytime touchdown. Now, you could go bold, go with like some deep cut for like plus 800. You go with a more chalk pick because everybody besides McCaffrey is at least like a normal bet, like minus 120 or better, plus 100, whatever. So anytime touchdown score in the game on Sunday, Stiz? Kelsey. Going Kelsey. Yeah. All right. Very good. Play it safe. Very good. So an anytime tutty for Kelsey is 
Minus, what are we talking? I think it's like minus one ten or minus oh, that's, that's worth it. five. Yeah, that's not. I bad. mean, have you seen the way? Like, no, it's good. It? That one's worth throwing in there. I like oh that. God, yeah, the way the tight ends have feasted on the forty nine. Like yeah. Warner can only do so much, yeah. and you know you have injured safeties for the forty ers as well. And Kelsey, I don't get it. He takes two steps off the line, yep. and then he pumps his fists a couple of times in those yellow gloves and gives somebody the hippie hippie shake, yep. and then just gets open. I don't get it. Turns around like. We'd say it for years, even when they were playing the Patriots, and the Patriots had a lot of success against the Chiefs, obviously, but uh-huh. there were times where nobody would jam Kelsey off the line. He'd run straight. He'd turn around, catch the ball with nobody on him, turn around, pick up another few yards, and you're like, wait, what? Like, what? How come nobody's hitting him? How come nobody's near him? But he's made a whole career out of it, so whatever it is, it's working. So that's a good one. I'm going to go with the guy I mentioned before, Isaiah Pacheco. Mm-hmm. As good as some of the names are, on that Niners defense, they do give up rushing yards. The Lions ran for three touchdowns in the NFC Championship game. Uh-huh. And Pacheco's a maniac, so I, I I feel like he's getting a touchdown again. A Pacheco touchdown? Pacheco score. That yep, that's what I'm going with. I mean, look at the way in the first half, the way that the Lions were able to, with both Gibbs and Montgomery. Yeah. Just absolutely get. Now, I understand that offensive line was playing sure. at like another level, and the Chiefs line is a little bit compromised at this point. But you could run. Look at the Aaron Jones had his sixth consecutive 100-yard day before Green Bay just, you know, gagged on the idea of pulling off the upset. They still should have been in that NFC championship. It should be the Packers or the Lions in the Super Bowl. Either one of them should have beaten the Niners. Is that starting to, by the way, is that starting to, like, affect the way you're looking at this game? Or have you always sort of felt? Because I know you teased out earlier, like, hey, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I kind of like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs outright yeah. against the Bills a couple of weeks ago. So I was sort of in on the Chiefs the, the whole time. Even as the season was unfolding, I was like, nobody was jumping out at me. I'm like, I don't know. You're really going to take the Ravens this year to go all the way. So I was like, at this point, especially if it's going to be plus money the whole time, I'll, t- I'll take the Chiefs all the way to the end. I can't decide if the Niners, like it's three strikes, you're out. Or third time's the charm. Like, are they just going to finally get it served <laughs> to them because they have played so close to the line yeah. and flirted with disaster? Or are they now a team of destiny and, like, twice they should have been killed and eliminated. They weren't, and now they just step out and have their best game and kick the Chiefs' ass. But it's like, all right, they lose. Are they uh, They're able to overcome, you know, Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur. They're able to overcome Dan Campbell going for it on fourth down. Like, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, like, I don't think they're going to make the same mistakes. So... And the Ravens, it was right there. It was right there for them. No one said Lamar throw into triple coverage. No one no. said Jose Flowers extend the ball past the goal oh line or to the goal line, or finally come up with a big catch and then spike the push the guy and spike the ball on him like at, dude, the, tw- at the twenty. At the tw- no, that was the ten. I think. I think they were at the ten. Oh mercy, you're right. Even further, idiot. That was so bad. So who's your who's your touchdown score? Uh, my oh Pacheco was my first one that I okay. was going to go with. No, I go also with like you, yeah, honestly, go, go, I'll put I'll put you down for Pacheco. Okay. Yeah, I, I also like I I will take a sprinkle I'll take a sprinkle on Ayuk. He has been Yeah, that's good. You know, because I can't figure out you got two good corners with Sneed and McDuffie. Uh and yep. Sneed only gave up his first touchdown uh, uh against Buffalo on the season a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So True. you know he's a he's a lockdown guy, but like Ayuk has been on an absolute rip. Now he was taking advantage of when Debo was out as well. Um I I think uh you know, I, I just feel like he's ready for a breakout game as well, considering he's all pro and also looking to get paid. For sure. All right, the next one is the uh, first score method. There are three options to choose from. They all have different values. 
Okay. Is it a touchdown, a field goal, or a safety? Now, if you pick a safety like it was in that one uh, Patriots year, that's like plus 1,000. The touchdown is the favorite, but it's still plus money. And then the uh, the field goal is you get even more money for that. So basically, field goal or touchdown, unless you want to get silly. So, uh, Fitzy, I'll have you go first. How do you think the first score happens in the Super Bowl? It is a Harrison Butker field goal. Ooh. I feel like the Chiefs will march down the field, but I don't like this offense enough to think that they'll just be able to zip in it. Now, I know they opened up the game against the Ravens with a touchdown, and nobody scripts the first 15 plays off the giant oversized Denny's Diner menu better than Andy Reid does. That said, right. I think the 49ers stop them, so we're looking at like a Harrison Butker. I like it. I'd almost even take 30 to 39 yards for right. three. I'm going to go touchdown, and it has because I think you have two really good offensive minds where both of those guys have run into trouble, you know, earlier in their careers, where you know two minute drills, clock management, things like that. But Reed and Shanahan, with two weeks to prepare, whoever gets the ball first or whoever, like whatever their first possession is, I feel like has a good chance to go down and punch it in for a score. Stays going touchdown or field goal? Field goal. goal. All right, goal, so we got please. two field goals. Yep. Here we go. We'll find out from Hart uh, later on what he's going with. All right, Gatorade color. The all-important Gatorade color for the winning team when they dump it on their coach. Easy. These are the questions. So This is a no-brainer. It should be easy, but I don't know. Go ahead. I I feel like I know what you're going to say then. Because there's one color that will, I mean, there's two colors that would match either team, but one color especially. It's going to be, you got to go iconic, the first color, yellow. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go red because both teams... Wear red, but right, they they do, but like blue. yellow. You're going blue, yep, blue. All right, why are you going blue? It's going blue because I'm a man of conviction. That's Ooh, nuts. You're a man who obviously is lacking in a lot of different. <laughs> I'm going orange. Orange. Ooh, I'm orange. orange. Sleeper. Sleeper orange. I'm going orange. I don't even think. Has of it orange. ever been orange. purple? Uh, I think it has. I think it has. This is also one where sometimes you have to go check the tape because sometimes the camera's not right on it when it happens. Was it a couple of years ago where people had to find like fan footage in the crowd and then somebody was like, I think it was doctored and you're like, oh my God, like what cashed out? And then finally like DraftKings or somebody was like, no, it was officially like, you know, whatever they, whatever it was. Did you ever hear that if the 49ers won when they played in the Har Bowl back a little over a decade, uh, 11 years ago, yeah. that if the 49ers won, the Gatorade bucket was going to be full of whole milk? <laughs> Can I hit you guys with some uh, Super Bowl Gatorade facts? Uh, yes, Diz. Obviously, we want All Super right. Bowl Gatorade facts. I got, I got three of them. Right. First one, the Gatorade shower originated in the mid-1980s with the Giants. Oh, shout out Giants. So Bill Parcells yep. got the first one. Yep. That's, right. That's right. Oh, Big Great Tuna. Tri- Great That's trip. Right. Wow. Number two, over the last 23 Super Bowls, Orange was the top that Gatorade right? color. I feel like he knew that. Oh, yeah. I, I feel them. like he knew that. I had that in there. Look at that knowledge yeah, at, embedded in there somewhere. 20, the stats 22%. and info does not have time to look that up during the day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Orange. And the third, now wait for this, since huh? 2015, okay. blue Gatorade oh. has been top 45%. Stiz read that right no before. No one does yellow up. anymore. Damn it. That's why we're bringing it back. Yellow is uh, really the gold standard, though. I think if they're all available to you, I'll have that one. You know what's funny? My favorite Gatorade flavor, now that you guys asked. Yellow? Was not yellow. I do like yellow quite a bit. I think it's the most refreshing of the Gatorade flavors. Lemon lime is the most refreshing of the flavors. My favorite, they don't even make anymore. What? Citrus. So it it was an orange hue, but it wasn't as orange as the orange. And they when they advertised it in the 90s, 
they said it was Michael Jordan's favorite flavor. And you're like, well, if it's Michael Jordan's favorite flavor, you would think they would continue to make it. They really don't. So like, or and then you'd always like get orange, and like I don't want orange, I want citrus. I think that was a New Hampshire thing. I don't think is we that right that in the city. You know, no, I, didn't, maybe I, it didn't make it to the city. <laughs> I, fr- I don't think so. The, the Keeps drank it all up. I citrus Gatorade love. What is it? What is it like? Gl- glacier freeze yeah, or whatever. Glacier that bl- blast or something. I yeah. wonder if though, like, once they started doing blast. like the mix, the the mixed flavors. I think citrus was one of the first to go. But yeah, citrus was. Uh, Oh, look at this on Bing. Was Citrus Cooler Gatorade discontinued? Oh, it says there's limited distribution. I got to find oh, out where this we can is. Get, we can get some of that for the Rich <laughs> Keefe show. That would be nice. What a thrill that would be. Hey, have you ever had, Rich, I'll ask you this. You know what I, I, I my new favorite flavor? Cucumber lime. Cucumber lime? Mm-hmm. That's got to be refreshing and delightful. You can pick that up. You know what goes great with it? <laughs> Shots of juice. <jam>. Booze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say booze. You got me. Yep. Man, we could do a whole. I could do a whole thing on Gatorade flavors, oh old school God. Gatorade could, flavors. Could, should we return? Should we have Tier Wednesday and come back with get yes. tearing the Gatorade flavors tomorrow? Look at this: twelve discontinued Gatorade flavors. Whole article what? written on this: lemon ice, kiwi strawberry. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. Then pomegranate. Remember the scene in uh, the office when BJ Novak was cleaning out Michael Scott's car. And uh, he was like, there's like all these like bottles in the back seat. He's like, what do you want me to do with this one? And he's like, what flavor is it? He's like, uh, blue. He's like, blue, blue. And it says, blue blast. Oh, blue blast. <laughs> you didn't recognize blue, but he's like, oh, blue blast. Oh, blue blast. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Usher songs at halftime over under eight and a half songs. Under. Under. Are there nine popular Usher songs? Oh, absolutely. There Nick, are. Watch your mouth. So right. Name them. Please don't. Please do name that. all of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go over because as long as he gives you a little bit of the song. You can squeeze a lot in. Because don't you think that's just, it's, it's ripe for like a medley. Yeah. You, you always have a medley. So you could, like, I didn't go back and do the research on how many songs Rihanna had. It was a bunch. It was way more than anticipated. Yeah. So like, I, I thought she was going to play like five or six, and it just kept on like going. But I hated so, last year's halftime show. So you, you did? Yeah, I did. All right. Well, I, that was weird. Okay. She did 12. She did 12, 12? songs? Yes. Oh, so I'm, I feel good about the over. I'm going over. Ugh, I'm going still over sticking right with the under. All right. but. Yep, same. And then last one for tonight, Travis Kelsey, 71 and a half receiving yards, over <laughs> or under. Stiz? Twelve and a half? Nope. I'm sorry, I missed it. Seventy-one and a half. I apologize. You're close. I will go over. He's gonna have a big game. All right, uh, Fitzy. Yeah, I'm going over that one too. I mean, what did he have over a hundred against the Ravens? That was a tougher defense to throw the ball on. I'm going over as well. Yeah, I yeah. think this could be. I I thought they would jack the number up a little bit higher just because it's Kelsey and they're all you know. There's going to be a lot of Kelsey bets, but I think 71 and a half is a pretty You know what's going to happen is that Sunday when we're doing the big game brunch, you, me, heart shine. Oh, big game brunch, 8 to 11 on Sunday. Set your reminders. Wild show. We're just going to be arguing all on the radio. You're going to have to throw it to break. We're going to argue all during the breaks about props. And if it's like seven leg, nine leg. Oh, the the Keishon booty? Uh, The Keishon (laughs) booty is the eight leg parlay. (laughs) What is the over under right now? I'll ask. Uh, who? Which one of us is foolish enough to like do a parlay over seven and a half legs? And does someone do it? Somebody's doing it. Yeah, somebody's doing it because we're talking about all these. We're going to be like, oh, this one I really like. This one I also really like. Next thing you know, someone's going to just take all of those. So that's what we're going to do. So 
Uh, nobody's going to get you ready for the big game, like the big game brunch. It's going to be me, Fitzy, Hart, and Shime Sunday, 8 to 11 here on WEI. We'll get right back to your phone calls, I promise. That was the Propapalooza, night two. Tomorrow, five more picks. Uh, but we got one hour left, including grab bags, so go nowhere. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI.